Welcome home. Uh, those of you that are home, we wish that you could be here with us, but we are so thankful that you're able to join us online. And like Pastor Willie said, we're having a to- load of fun, and you guys are missing it, so sorry about that. Right, John? Yep. yep. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've been kind of like wrestling with the idea uh, for, the, for this sermon, and it was kind of cool because I had a conversation with my buddy uh, Jonathan uh, just this past Wednesday. And throughout the conversation, it reminded me of something that I used to do that I kind of got away from and that he's doing now and that we kind of do during, not kind of, we do during our mission trips. And that's recognizing the awesomeness and the amazingness of God all around us throughout your day. And sometimes we can get so distracted that we miss so much of what God's doing right in front of our face. And one of the words, actually the word that Jonathan used to describe when he was giving me some examples of of what he recognized God doing was beautiful. What a great word to describe the awesomeness of God and the things that he does all around us. Beautiful. And when we go on mission trips, we ask the kids to, to search and to look for God moments. And when we're together, and these God moments can be anything. They can be in the interactions with people. It can be in what you're doing through your work. It can be in the grunge of getting dirty and and sweaty and messy. It can be in the emotions that you're feeling. It can be all of it. To find God in the midst of those moments and, and to learn the lesson that God is trying to teach you in and through that moment. Are you recognizing the God moments in your life? Are you too busy are you too distracted? We can recognize them. One of, my, one of the things that my amazing daughter Maddie likes to do is look at sunsets or sunrises. It's one of her favorite things. And I love like when she gets excited about it and she takes pictures and she sometimes texts us pictures and she'd be like, oh my gosh, look at the sky. We'll be driving down the road. She's like, and it's like, if you can imagine the canvas that God has and I just imagine him painting it and us just kind of looking back and being in awe. How many of us miss that because we're not paying attention to the God moments? We see it in, for me, what I've been trying to do more often is seeing it in the gift of my children. The blessings of a child that God has blessed you with as a parent or now a grandchild and another one coming. Slow down, guys. (laughs) The amazing gift that God gives you, have you ever kind of sat back and you just kind of look at them interacting or maybe like reading or talking with somebody or maybe even sleeping? I know that sounds creepy, but like just the awesomeness and the gift that God has granted you in the beauty of your child. Sometimes we miss that. And I see it sometimes in the characteristics, I see the characteristics of God in and through people. I don't mean to pick, keep picking on Jonathan, but just the other day when we were breaking down the walls and had a work day, I saw the characteristics of God flowing through Jonathan as he was teaching his younger sister how to take off drywall. And he was so patient, and he was so kind, and he was so gentle. I'm like, that's cool. That's God working through him. How often do you miss those opportunities to see that in people? We're so easy, it's easy for us to see the not so good stuff, and sometimes not as easy for us to see the good stuff. Why is that? 
Think about the miracles in health. We've had a ton of them in our church. Personally with our family. Think about Tim Carell who I'm looking at right now. I just get overwhelmed with emotion. God is moving and working. And if we keep our eyes open, we will see the awesomeness of him all around us. Because the Holy Spirit is alive and he's active. I think about people coming together, especially over the last couple of years with the uncertainty and chaos and craziness of this world. How people are coming together and loving on each other and comforting each other. And we're focused on the mess over here when God's like, hey, look what's going on over here. People are coming together, loving each other and giving gifts and, and sharing meals and praying Miss Sally wanted me to say thank you to the church family who has been praying for their family and who has offered gifts and, not gifts, meals. Gifts would be cool too, though, if you want to drop off a gift or two. <laughs> right, Alan? <laughs> like, that's cool to kind of recognize that that's God working through them. And then you can sometimes get it in a movie. And you can learn a lesson in a movie. Which is kind of where this is all stemming from for me. Some of you, uh oh. It's not on. That would help. Alan took the batteries, he said. <laughs> so, this whole idea, I, I learned it from a movie that we'll get into in a couple minutes, but this kind of propelled the idea of our responsibility and what kind of responsibilities we have. And if we could think about that word, it's, it's a big word. It's a big word for us to be responsible because we're given some great responsibility. And we're going to get into that, and I'm excited. But I want to point this out real quick. God reveals things to you when you're paying attention, when you're responsible enough to pay attention. He's going to reveal it to you. I get so scared and nervous about the state of this world because so many of us are missing out on so much of what God is doing right here. We're missing it. And there's so, it's, oh man, I can't wait, I'm excited. Responsibility, it's a big deal. So let's talk about responsibility for a minute because I want to point out these wonderful plants here. And I want you to think about responsibility as it pertains to these plants. One of them, somebody was very responsible with. They took care of this plant. They watered it. They put it in sunlight. They knew what it needed and, and took care. It was, there was responsibility that went to it. It poured into it so it's healthy and it's alive and it's active. Over here. Sometimes paid attention to it. It's got a couple green leaves, but really skirted the responsibility of that and didn't water it as much and, and didn't pay attention to it as much and, and it's dying and it's weak and it's frail. This is the one that I was responsible for and that's the one Brandy was responsible for. Just kidding. <laughs> but I think about this as it relates to our faith. I think about this as it relates to our relationship with God. And I think about, are you this kind of plant where you're watering it constantly and you're paying attention to it and you're focusing on it and you're responsible and you're paying attention to the God moment so that you can grow and you can be healthy and you can be active? 
Or are you this kind of plant where you're sometimes involved, you're sometimes in the word, you're sometimes paying attention to God, but you're kind of weak and you're withered and you're, you can feel everything that's coming at you. Where's your responsibility? Are you taking care of your relationship with God? Or are you not? We could think about so many different things that we're responsible for. If you skirt your responsibilities at your job, there's going to be a negative consequence. If you skirt your responsibility with your kids, there's going to be a negative consequence. If you skirt your responsibility with your health, there's going to be a negative consequence. If you speed, there's going to be a negative consequence. There's this responsibility idea. I had a date night with my son, Trey, and I love spending one-on-one time with my kids. If you don't do it as a parent, make time for it. Having those intimate conversations with your child and being able to talk to them and kind of see where they're at and just spend time with them and love on them is so cool. So I had an opportunity to go see Spider-Man with Trey. And for those of you that know, there's this theme. It was actually from the very first movie. And it doesn't matter which Spider-Man you like the best out of the three of them. And it's probably in the comic books too. But this theme, this idea, with great power comes great responsibility, spoken from Uncle Ben, who is Peter Parker's uncle. And this was one of those God moments for me because I heard that in the movie And I started to think about my responsibility as a Christian and as a disciple of Christ. And I started to think about the power that God gives me and how I skirt that responsibility and that power because I'm not quite sure or maybe don't understand or maybe I'm just too lazy or maybe I'm too distracted because the great power that we have as disciples of Christ, the Holy Spirit, there's great responsibility that comes with that. Are you taking care of that? That's what we're going to get into today. I want to open the Bibles to Luke, the Bibles. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm not going to open yours. You guys can open your own Bible. Luke 12, if you guys want to go ahead and open it up. Because I want to see, as as I'm working through this, I, I wanted to see, what does God say about this? What does God say about this responsibility? And we could go to the, the passage, the parable about the talents, and, and see the lesson through there. But I wanted to focus here on this. We're going to be in uh, chapter 12, verse 47. I wanted to set the stage a little bit because there may be some people in here that don't know what a gospel is. And that's okay. But what a gospel is, it's the story of the life of Jesus Christ. And there's four of them in the Bible. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, written by four different guys, and these guys have different perspectives about the lives of Jesus Christ. Some lived with Jesus during his time, some did not, and they had an opportunity to write about the life of Jesus Christ. Luke is one of those guys. It was written after the life of Jesus, about 60 years after he died, and Luke was a doctor, so he had lots of um, detailed, specific things that he wanted to write, and you'll notice that all these writings are a little bit different, but there's a lot of similarities. So Luke is one of these four Gospels, and the word gospel means good news, because it's the good news of the story of Jesus Christ. These four Gospels outline Jesus Christ and his life, and that's a big deal, and that's awesome. So let's look at 
Also, if you're opening up your Bibles, if it's ever red letters, that means it's Jesus actually speaking. That's pretty cool. So we're going to read a part where this is actually the words of Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool. So look at, in verse 47. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. There you go. That's all we're going to talk about. Let's go ahead and pray. Let me set the stage here a little bit for you. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's letting them know the responsibilities that they have as a follower of Christ. And he's letting them know that when you skirt your responsibility, there's going to be negative consequences. So he's starting off, well he doesn't start off, but this is toward the end of the passage. And he's talking about a servant that's with his master, that knows the responsibility, and he's doing the responsibility, that's good stuff. But the servant that knows what the master expects of him and doesn't do what the master expects of him, no bueno. Not good. And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself to do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. When you don't take care of your responsibility, there's going to be negative consequences. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with things with few. He goes on to say that, listen, we as Christians, we have a great responsibility because we get it. We understand. We've been taught. We know the power of God. We know the power of the Holy Spirit. We know what God expects of us. And because of that, when we skirt around that, we're going to have some pretty awful consequences. But those people that don't know, that haven't had the opportunity to meet God, they're going to have consequences, but they're not going to be as bad. And then he goes on to say, look at how it ends. And to whom much has been committed of them, they will ask the more. With great power comes great responsibility. Think about that passage and how Luke was talking, or how Jesus was talking to his disciples, and kind of setting the stage, being like, hey, listen, guys. You have this opportunity in front of you that you have Jesus. You had the Holy Spirit that you can lean on. You know the truth. You know what to do. You know what God expects of you. When you're responsible with that, there's going to be great reward for you. But when you're not, it's not going to be good. And he's he's letting them know this. So I think to understand all of this, I want to start back a little bit. We know that with great power comes great responsibility. We have to recognize the power of God. I want to ask you a question. How many of you in this room really, truly recognize the power of God? Have you ever sat down to consider it? Because I took some time to really consider what that meant. What does, what does the power of God look like? To understand that with great power comes great responsibility, let's think about this power that he's talking about. Let's look at some prophets. So if you don't know, a prophet is somebody that had a direct line with God. Not to make this about like superheroes, but it's like if you guys ever watched Batman and there was a bat phone, whenever they needed Batman, they would pick up the bat phone and they would call Batman. These prophets had the bat phone. They, they could talk to God. God would talk to them, and then their responsibility was going to deliver the message to the people. So we had these great prophets that had this great relationship with God. Joshua was one of them. 
And he was recognizing the power of God. And look at what he said in Joshua 10, 13. So the sun stood still. God did this. God stepped up in a huge way. And look at the power of God in the midst of this. He made the sun stand still. That's the power of God. He made the moon stop. That's the power of God. Do you understand the magnitude of God and the power that he has? Like, do you really understand? Till the people had revenge upon their enemies. God had a plan. He was going to fulfill his plan. And he was going to do whatever it took. Stop on the sun and stop on the moon. Joshua recognized that. Isaiah, another prophet. Look at how he recognizes. This is God speaking to Isaiah. I have made the earth and created man on it. God is so powerful that he literally made the earth. Have you ever considered? There's this great, Louis Giglio is a wonderful pastor, and there's this great video about Louis Giglio, and he talks about how God created the smallest of atoms and the largest of planets and everything in between. Like, that's how powerful our God is. And he said, I, my hands stretched out the heavens. This idea of how powerful our God is is huge. And then we look at Jeremiah, another prophet. And this is Jeremiah recognizing again, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by great, <clears throat> your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Are you guys seeing trying to understand the power of God. I feel like this isn't part of the sermon. I feel like I feel like we don't really take our walk with Christ seriously. I feel like we don't. I feel like we don't sit and take time to see the beautiful God moments. I don't think we sit and take time to see the awesomeness of God and we reflect on that each and every day of our lives to know how amazingly awesome our God is because so many other things are way more important than God. So many other things are way more important than our relationship with God. Guys, when we sit and realize the awesomeness of God, it's unbelievable. So think about the power of God. And as believers, we know there's this thing called the Trinity. And the Trinity tells us that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all one. Okay? So we have this awesomeness of God. We understand that Jesus, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all one. Okay? So now, this is where it gets exciting for us. And this is where the power that we have is a big deal. So we need to recognize the power of God. We need to realize that the power of God lives inside of you. (laughs) Come on. The power of the God that I just briefly described, who created the heavens and the earth, who created the smallest thing from the atom all the way to the biggest thing that we can possibly imagine, that God that forgives, that heals, that raises people from the dead, that heals paralytic and deaf and does all these and parts the, the waters like this god lives inside of you wow like that's why this idea of gr- with great power comes great responsibility 
Because you, as a believer in Christ, when you make the decision to follow Christ, you have the power of God living inside of you. For me, that made me step back and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not ready for all that. Come on. But you know what? It's not about me. That's where we go wrong when we take a step back and make it about me. It's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit, God, that's living with inside of you and can help you endure tragic in your family. There's so much about this that just like blows my mind. I want to talk about the story of Ezekiel. Ooh, this story in Ezekiel. If you could turn to Ezekiel 37. Man, this is good. And it was, I, <clears throat> as the praise team was singing, I turned and looked at my wife because the last song that she sang, and actually it was mentioned in a previous song that you sang today, talked about dry bones. I want you to see what the power of the Holy Spirit can do. If you don't know and if you haven't experienced, and if you haven't recognized, if you haven't read, if you like glanced over that whole idea that we just looked at a few verses of the power of God, you're like, yeah, I kind of, I know that. Like, God's powerful. Okay, good. Okay, wait a second. Now the power of God, that power is living inside of you. If you can wrap your head around that, now let's see when you really get in tune with this power of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you, when you really pay attention, when you really see those God moments, when you recognize the Holy Spirit doing the work in you, let's see what happens so ezekiel another prophet we're going to read in 37 verse 1 ezekiel 37 verse 1 the hand of the lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones so ezekiel has this great relationship recognizes the power of the holy spirit this is the spirit of god working in and through Ezekiel. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very, very many, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So I want you to imagine this, that God, speaking to Ezekiel, a prophet, said, Ezekiel, I'm going to, here's the spirit of God upon you. I want you to go to this place and I want you to experience this amazing thing. So there's Ezekiel in front of a bunch of bones, like people bones, just bones. Just imagine bones scattered all over the place. So that's where Ezekiel is. He's got the power of the Holy Spirit and listen to what happens. And God's saying, hey, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's like, I would imagine he probably doesn't know how to answer. (laughs) I'd be like, "Um, I mean, you're God, so whatever you say. So that's kind of his response. And he says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Do you guys get what's happening here? You understand, right? 
These are bones of people that are dead. Bones, no flesh, nothing on them, just dry bones, which means that they've been sitting around for a long time. And here's the power of the Holy Spirit working through Ezekiel and saying, hey, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to these bones to get up. Yes, we laugh because it seems so crazy because we can't comprehend the power and awesomeness of God. But this is a perfect example of that. Look at what happens. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Come on. That is the power of God. He took dry bones, rattled them up just by speaking, and there they were. The bones are up, and now they have flesh, and they're an army ready to fight. Come on. That's the power of God that lives inside of you. If we don't recognize that, that that is the God that we serve, we are missing something big. And I'm scared because I believe we are missing something big. Because we don't pay attention to those stories. And when we sing these songs, whether we like them or not, it doesn't matter. If you pay attention to the lyrics of these songs, they're pulling from Scripture. Yes, hymns do that amazingly, but these do as well. They're talking about these dry bones that the Holy Spirit, through the voice of God, raised up. Woo! Come on! That is so good. That is why, guys, man... The idea of salvation and being saved is so huge. Do you know why? Because when you breathe the fact that you know Jesus who he is and you believe it in your heart and you will be saved as it tells us in Romans, when you do that, that power is living inside of you and you are no longer dead to your sin, but you're alive in Jesus Christ. When we get that and understand that, that is a game changer. And we should be living our lives according to that truth. Not the truth of the stuff out there. The truth that we learn right here. Come on, man. We have the power of God living inside of you. Man, oh man. That. Man. Look at. This is where it gets real for me. Not that it wasn't already. <laughs> I'm not excited at all. There we go. Uh, we'll come back to that. It's not working. It is, huh? Thanks, Aaron. All right, there, right there. Look at The same power of patience that God shows to his people lives inside of you. The same power of faithfulness that we sang about, that God undeservingly gives to his people, that lives inside of you. The same power of forgiveness that God offers to his people lives inside of you. Guys, come on. We think we can't do certain things. The same power of self-control that God shows throughout history 
that lives inside of you. So when you're facing a temptation that you feel like you just can't face, yes, you can. Because when you give your life over to Christ, you are a new creation. It's no longer you, but it's the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that's why you can overcome that if you get out of his way. Look at this. The same power of peace. Man. Ugh. These last couple years have not been peaceful. There's so much depression and anxiety and suicidal tendencies and sadness and fear and uncertainty that's trickling through, I would say, all of us, that we're losing sight of the fact that the same power of peace that God has given his people lives inside of you. That stuff out there is junk and doesn't matter. This matters. When we focus on that and we face our junk with that peace, not our flesh peace, but the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that's what lives inside of you. Look at this last one. The same power of love. Love. Such a simple word such a huge word the same power of love that God abundantly gives to his people if we could just show each other a little bit more love and grace imagine how different our lives would be we have this amazing musician that stands before us and is so filled with the Holy Spirit that she's jumping up and down and praising God. That is the Holy Spirit working through her. And if you don't recognize that, you are missing something because she is a fiery person for the Lord. If you have a conversation with Miss Diane, you will know that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in her. And that's why she gets so excited. She can't control herself. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is living inside of her. Where is the Holy Spirit in your life? Come on. Where is it? Because if God doesn't excite you, you're doing something wrong. For real, if going through this book right here, this amazing cliff note to how to live your life, if you don't sit and read this with so much energy and compassion and excitement and awe and turn the pages like I can't wait to get to the next page, you're doing something wrong because this is where God's speaking to you and teaching you how to live and showing you how you can get that power that we're talking about to live inside of you. And then he gives us all these wonderful examples about this amazing power that we're going to talk about next week. And I'm so excited. Man, God is good. Hey, if you're feeling convicted right now, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's good stuff. If you're sitting there right now 
feeling like, man, I got to do something different. Man, I need to change this in my life. Man, I'm skirting my my responsibility about my relationship with God. That is the Holy Spirit saying, yes, you're right. So do something about it. Listen, are you going to sit around and wait for something to be changed? Or are you going to be the change? Seriously. Like enough is enough. Like we are called to be different. We are not called to be of this world. We are called to live in this world differently. Do you know why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Come on. Are you different? No, 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 no. Don't shake your head yes unless you're really different. No, no, no. Are you really different? Come on, for real. Are you skirting your responsibility of the power of the Holy Spirit living within you, or are you watering it and loving it and paying attention to it and allowing it to guide your life and you're healthy in it and you're active in it? Are you like that plant right there? Too many of us are right here. And honestly, if we had another one that was dead, I would say that there's a few of us here that are like that. God deserves better. He gave you him. He gave you him. God is like, take me. That's amazing. And because we didn't get it, he sent Jesus. And because we didn't get it, he left the Holy Spirit. And he continues to like save us and give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get to know him and to experience his power. Listen, if you are in this room, and you have not given your life over to Jesus Christ, do it today. You will have an opportunity after service to pray today, to pray that prayer today, to say, yes, I want to experience this power of the Holy Spirit living in through me and running rampant through my heart. Do it today. Don't wait another day. Does anybody know what time it is? Say it again. All right. It's time to change. Let's go. I love it. All right, you know what? We're going to read Romans. Oh, this is so good. Listen, if you want to know what the power of the Holy Spirit does, read Romans 8. Read all of it. I was only going to look at one verse, and I'm like not even looking at my slides right now. But I want you to look at Romans 8. And we're going to start reading from 1. 8-1. Come on, look at what Paul, who is the writer of Romans, look at what he says in this in regards to the indwelling of the power of God that lives inside of you. Look at this, verse 8-1. There is therefore no condemnation to those of you who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Yes, please. I don't want to walk of the flesh anymore. I want to walk of the Spirit. I hope you do too, because you know what the flesh brings? We're going to find out. For the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You are death to your sin until Jesus comes in. Woo, that's good stuff. For what the law could not do in that I, it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin to the flesh that the righteousness required of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Here you go, listen to this, verse 5. 
For those who live according to the flesh set their, thi- their minds on the things of the flesh. What are the things of the flesh? You guys know what they are. Look at Galatians 5. Read through them. You guys know what they are. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I want to live according to the Spirit. Do you? I really want to live according to the Spirit. I don't want to be like this sugar-coat Christian who talks about it on Sundays and shows up here on Sundays and does nothing else during the week. almost ran out of breath. (laughs) I want to do it every single day of my life, recognizing those God moments in plants, in movies, in sunsets, seeing the awesomeness of God, and when I see it, realizing that that awesomeness, that power, Woo! Is right here. Dang, that's good stuff. Listen, it goes on. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you hear that? Being spiritually minded brings life and peace. So, Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And this is where it gets good. Well, it's all good, but this is where I wanted to focus. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells within you. Listen. If you don't know if the Spirit of God dwells within you, then he doesn't. And you need to do something about it today. And for those of us that gave our lives over to Christ, but aren't really living for him, this is the time to change. Today. And not because it's a new year. Not because it's a resolution. No, 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 no. You change because it's the right thing to do according to scripture, the word of God that lives inside of you. That's why you should change. Don't wait for somebody around you to change. You be the change. And then imagine the impact. I've heard stories from Paul Bowser about he impacts the people he works with by the way he treats them and talks to them. That's what we should be doing. If people are like messing up and cursing and acting a fool over here, we shouldn't jump right in and be like, here we go. No, no, no. You're different. You should be over here being like, I'll pray for them. (laughs) Different. Man. I love the idea that we have this great power living inside of us as believers in Christ. But guys, you got to do something with it. And we're going to learn about that next week. What people that understood and got it, what they've done with their lives, we're going to learn how we can actually change and be different next week. And it's going to be a a kicker, and I really pray that you come back, because as you can see, like, man, this is for me. I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. God has just been like, killing me through this in a very positive way. I need to be broken down and beaten so that I can experience the true awesomeness of our Heavenly Father. With great power, the Holy Spirit.
comes great responsibility. I'm going to share a couple questions with you, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity if you're sitting in this room today. I want you to prepare your hearts right now after these questions, because if you're sitting in this room today and you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ, we're going to give you a chance right now. We're going to give you a chance to be bold enough to come up on the altar. we got Pastor Seth, we got Deacon Jim, and some other folks around the room that would be happy to pray with you to help you understand what that means and what that looks like. Do not go another day without having an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Today is the day. Have you accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life? That's like the biggest question. Have you, no, no, no. Have you really Because with that comes change. Are you being responsible with the great power that lives inside of you? And if you're not, what do you need to do to change to become more responsible with the power living inside of you? These are questions for you to discuss with God. He'll give you the answers. He knows you intimately. He wants to help He wants you to go to him and he'll be there with open arms saying, I got you. Let's take a couple minutes to pray.